Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Alright guys, welcome back once again to more of Talking Comics NYCC 2013 coverage. Now we have a very special treat for you. Mr. Steve Say chats with four members of 44 Flood. You don't want to miss it. Here it comes. Take it away, Steve. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Uh, Steve Say, Talking Comics, standing outside of the Javits Center in New York City. I'm standing here with Mr. Kasra Gambari. You said that right. Uh, I did say it right. Damn right, I said it right. Uh, this is one of the one of the the many many men and forces behind Forty Four Flood. Uh, why don't you tell everybody what Forty Four Flood is? Uh, I guess at our heart, we're an artist collective. We're a bunch of artists that came together who've had careers in galleries, uh, comic book industry, music industry. We've had some weird side jobs, garbage collecting, which is an art. And uh, we brought our frustrations, ideas, our, our, what we thought was forward thinking, our design sensibilities, uh, and our friends. And said, let's create something with a little bit of a skin on it. Let's not just throw stuff out into the world and get a paycheck and basically be an illustrator. Let's take some of our ideas and, and, and build an, an underlying like ethos to what we're doing and um, put out some beautiful arts and content-driven stuff. And we went out on Kickstarter about a year and a half ago. We had a dream to do uh, an anthology called Tome, which was massive, 12 by 18 inches, show-off art, uh, like curatorial bias of perspective with people in the comic book industry all the way to like fine artists that are selling their paintings for $30,000. It didn't matter to us, musicians, whatever. And we were got a massive backing which helped us basically launch our company and gave us the confidence basically to do all the things that we talked about the year or two prior to it. So we're an artist collective and an art book publisher and we do other weird stuff. That's fantastic, man. Let me, let me ask you. That last line, yeah. <laughs> All right, so now that we know what it is, let's say for you personally, what is what's been your favorite aspect or your favorite part about being being like on the ground level of 44 Flood? Uh, there's nothing like sharing a studio with other people. That I, it's something that I could only wish for anybody else who has any you have like a bone in your left toe that wants to do something creative. The only thing I could ever hope for you is get a studio share it with people, share your ideas, push each other. There is nothing like it. And then uh, outside of that is just the relationships with the artist uh, coming up with an idea for a book um, and designing it, pushing it, making it real. 
literally manifesting something in the world. It's like a, it's like a form of magic. You know, uh, one of the guys I work with, Menton 3, is a painter in the comic book industry, does gallery work. He takes oil paints and mashed up ground jewels and smashes them on a surface. Does he really use, like, ground jewels? Yes, he makes his own paint sometimes. But the point is, is he takes all this... He takes hematite and a mineral and, a, and, and, and charred bones and for blacks, and he smears them around, and he creates an image and things that people are moved by. I mean, that's not him saying it. They say it to him. They say it to us all the time. There's a magic in that. There's a magic in manifesting your idea, and there's a magic with breathing your intent and your ideas into something and, and having it have life and have life for other people. It's it's an unbelievable feeling, dude. I'm 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 moved just by you talking about it. So let me ask you this: Do you have give us a a funny Menton story, if you would? What one of the many? Oh man. Okay. A couple of months ago, we get real busy. I mean, like we forget our names, forget the days of the week stuff, and don't know what time we forget to eat. I mean. Uh, we were really busy. He left the house one day. He has a, a, has a, a small house there in the north side of Chicago with his, his wife and child. And he walked out the backyard and, and he realized that something felt strange. And he had his keys in one hand and his cigarettes in his other hand, his little morning ritual to have a cigarette walking into the studio. But he realized that something was off. And he looked down and he wasn't wearing pants. <laughs> So he'd gotten out, in the ho- out the house, out the backyard, through the back wooden gate to the alley, walking into the studio without pants on. Did he have anything on underneath? Uh, he had underwear on, yeah. I mean, he's got fancy underwear. What kind? I want to know. Um, I, I think that they're, they're, they're made out of... Are they made out of crushed jewels? No, they're made out of silicon so that he never has to wash them. Does he use the materials that he finds in them for in his paintings? No, sir. No, sir. All right. Let's, uh, let's move away from uh, Menton's undergarments and talk about... You guys had a major announcement uh, earlier this morning, and you can tell it far better than I can. So why don't you tell us all about what went down this morning? It's a pretty big deal. Well, we've done pretty well with our books, with Kickstarter, and people have supported us, and we've been able to make some really beautiful books. Um, but we want to make more books, and we'd like to get get them out to more people. We had some, we struggled to get them to retailers and comic book uh, sellers and, and and book retailers, and we needed a partner uh, to help us develop some of the projects and definitely distribute them. And we looked around who we know. We looked around the comic book industry, and we'd worked with IDW before. They make everything from IP licensed properties to awesome creator-owned books real experimental stuff, and gorgeous art books. So they don't just hit on one note. Uh, And we do all sorts of stuff all over the place, too. So we started talking to Chris Ryle and Ted Adams over there um, a little while ago, and we stepped it up um, the last couple of months, and and, uh, we signed a partnership with them uh, and announced it this morning where we'll be developing, co-developing, and distributing a lot of our books with IDW. And it might be a comic book, it might be an art book, it might be something a little off-kilter, but we have a fantastic partner in IDW for that. 
Dude, that's that's pretty sick. That's a huge opportunity. We're really we're we're really excited, and and I think Ted Adams and the IDW crew is excited, and let's see what happens. There's there's going to be some announcements soon. All right. Well, let me ask you this: Are you do you currently have anything in the fire? Are you going to be writing anything? I mean, I know you do a lot of curating, you do a lot of organizing, but are you going to have another story out soon, or not soon, but later? I got I'm making Tome Volume Two now, um, and I'm, I'm going to give you a bunch of excuses. I think so. I'll cut past the excuses. I, I'm going to write something in 2014. We 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 did this Vice series. We're calling it the first book was Lost with Steve Niles, Ben Templesmith, uh, and Menton with a four with Warren Ellis, right? And it's going to be the first book in a in a in a seven Vice Virtue series with an eighth and weird final book. The second book in that series is most probably going to be Gluttony. And I picked out some artists, and I'm going to write that. Uh, as far as, like, comic books and, like, a creator-owned thing, Menton and I have been talking about this book that we are way too excited about for about two years. It was going to be, like, our, our, our you know, like a Sexy Beast anti-Gandhi thing. <laughs> it was going to be, like, the anti-monocyte thing. It's going to be this fun, trippy, crazy, would-be-an-awesome movie. Anyway... 2014. I think we're going to do that book together. Dude, that's great. I can't wait to read that. So let me ask you this then. What... um Are you reading anybody now? Are you... Do you read comics at all in your spare time? I do, but I mean, a lot of it is catch-up. I'm reading Sienkiewicz's Daredevil Love and War right now again and Elektra. I, I read the first six issues of Bedlam. I mean, anything that Riley Rosmo does... Dio de los Muertos and uh, yeah, Dio de los Muertos was awesome. I, I, I love him. I love him. I, and and I I'm rereading Greenway just because as time passes, that series has become more and more special to me. The world building that they did on that, the color schemes and stuff that Riley did. God damn! Isn't it amazing how that wrapped up? Like when it when it got pulled and he had to, they gave him the extra ten pages. Just how incredibly well it all worked out in the end. They are, they're two clever guys, and then they worked really closely with one another. And when you actually understand the world that you're playing in and you can walk through it, 10 pages or one, you figure it out. It's, it's a really strange thing. It's Talking about it, I just sound like an asshole, so I'm not going to talk about it. But it doesn't really surprise me because those guys were doing the real thing. Yeah. So anything that Riley does, anything that Ted McKeever does, uh, he's a hero. He's, he's a legend. He's... Uh, one of the most unique voices ever, ever in sequential art. Uh, Miniature Jesus is out right now. Uh, I'll always read his stuff. But I'm not a huge comic book reader. I just don't have a lot of time. I'm I'm reading really esoteric books on alchemy and iconography and on on the vices and virtues and the histories. I'm I'm doing a lot of editorial and and basic research for the books that I'm going to end up writing. You know, to have an actual sound basis for some of the stuff that we're attempting to do at 44 flood that's great man that's really great back to school and and not paying tuition and not getting the degree it's like what i did before pretty much yeah all right let's uh we'll wrap it up why don't you tell tell everybody what's going on in in the city right now you've got a you've curated the last rights gallery you have a showcase going on uh what are the details about that 
Well, Tome 2 uh, will be out in February of 2014, and it's, uh, it has a theme, Melancholia, and we're, we're talking about almost like the inspired, trance-like, creative state that people go through as they go through internal changes and try to describe through a painting, writing, whatever it be, uh, what it is that they're experiencing, what it is that they're feeling. So we're, Tome 2 is based on that idea. And rather than wait till February when the book came out, we thought, why don't we put together um, a gallery show? And Last Rice Gallery, right here in New York City, which is uh, part of Paul Booth's Tattoo Parlor, it's one of the best dark art, surrealist art galleries in the world, bar none. And I talked to them February, March of this year about having a show there. They love Tome 1, they love the theme, they love the idea, they love the artist. And they said yes, we scheduled it uh, to open just before New York Comic Con. But on Saturday, October 12th, during New York Comic Con, right when the show ends, uh, the gallery show is still running. We're going to have a big party there. And there's about 22, 23 artists in Tome 2 and about 22, 23 paintings of, of art that will appear in Tome 2. So they get a real good flavor of what we're talking about. And there's, gonna about, there's about a dozen artists in the show that are going to be there that night, too. And every, everyone's invited. This isn't like, you know, wear a tie and be pretty. Just come, have fun. I actually packed a really nice shirt oh, nice. for this, so yeah. I'm going to get a little dapper for you. There's time for some spaghetti to be thrown onto that thing. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come outside in beautiful New York City, outside of Comic-Con, talking to us. And Casper uh, Gambari of 44 Flood, I've been Steve Say. Um, thank you very much, everyone. Talk to you soon. Yeah, it's dark as shit outside. That's all right. What's up, everybody? Steve Say down uh, in Artist Alley at New York City Comic Con 2013. I am sitting down at the 44 Flood booth with Mr. David Stupakis. And uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. How you doing, brother? I'm doing damn good. It's Saturday, and surprisingly enough, I still feel good. And I, it, I'm of a firm belief that I have not contracted the con flu yet. <laughs> so, uh, so what's going on, man? How you been enjoying yourself? I'm loving it, man. Having a blast. It's a good time. Excellent. So let's uh, let's get right to the right to the meat of it. What do you? How do you feel about the announcement that uh, Forty Four Flood is now going to be distributed and a part of IDW? I think it's amazing, man. I was like getting shaky at first for a second when I was, you know, I got to be able to see that all go down where getting the papers getting signed. It was awesome. Yeah, Casper was. Uh, telling me but he's like yeah we got to go do this thing and i'm like what thing you got to do and he's like oh we just got to go sign the papers it's like what so awesome all right so let's see so for those of you that don't know uh david is quite the artist and let's find out where did you get your start in art like when did you discover that you wanted to be an artist well i mean i've been doing it for as long as i could ever remember it's uh just something that i've always uh, that i've always done you know when um but like when, like when did it start? When you were young, or yeah, I'm sorry, yeah, like ever since I was just, I, I can't remember not making art. You know, it was just something that I always did, it was from you know drawing just my favorite cartoon characters to the later on when I started getting into comic books. Just it was something that was always a part of uh, my childhood. Right on, man. So let me ask you this: How did you how did you get hooked up with Menton and with Kazra and with Forty Four Flood? Well, me and Menton go way back. I met Men Menton years ago. And that, and um, we uh, uh, just struck up a friendship back when I met him, and uh, ever since then we just remained at friends. And then he was uh, doing a lot of music back then, 
And when he started getting into painting and doing the comics, you know, we started just chatting more and more and more. And, you know, so now, and then he was like, man, we're doing the, you know, conventions and doing all this other stuff, man, you got to come and hang out. So it kind of just took me along for the ride. Right on, man. All right, let's see. So you guys, I mean, you guys hang out with each other a lot, right? Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's in Chicago and I'm in New York. So whenever we get a chance to get together, absolutely. All right. So yesterday from Kazra, much to Menton's dismay, we got a pretty funny story from Kazra about Menton showing up to the studio wearing no pants from being entirely too tired. So, so let's, get, let's get a little revenge going on. And do you have a funny or off-kilter Kazra story? Oh, I, I, don't know. I don't know if I've been around enough outside of these conventions and outside of working together in gallery shows. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Nothing I can really say here. What do you think of his new haircut? Oh, I love it, man. I like, you know, tug on it. It's sexy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Gets, gives me goosebumps. So uh, I'm sitting here with David, and I discovered this afternoon that he is, in fact, the artist. How many of the, the Korn albums did you I, contribute to? I just did the, the, the one album called uh, See You on the Other Side, and, um, but it was, like, quite the uh, endeavor um, getting into it because I did uh, about 12 paintings for the album because... Basically, what they let me do is they let me total have total freedom on the creative art side of it. So we had like a in the deluxe edition, we had a pop up yeah. thing that happened. We had a booklet. We had you know I did the back of the album cover, all the all the inserts, uh, did paintings for each band member, you know, for their photos. So it, it was it was it was quite intense and quite awesome. Did you happen to do the painting that's in Jonathan's dressing room? It's like a, a Dracula or something like that. He hangs it up, no? No, I did, an, I did another one that he has in the studio, though. That's, that's, that wasn't on the album. That was actually kind of the way that me and him struck up our friendship. Right, and how did you, how did you end up getting hooked up with them? Did you know them ahead of time? I, I, for that gig, I did know them ahead of time. Well, I knew Jonathan ahead of time, where they were playing a pop-up surprise show in New York City. Back then, I had my, my and, and, th and that show was at CBGB's, and I had work at CBGB's hanging in their gallery at that time, and Jonathan seen a painting of mine that he really liked, that he wanted, but it was already sold. So he ended up calling me up out of the blue and, uh, and commissioning me to do a painting. So then we struck up a friendship from there. And then prior, I don't know if it was like a year or six months later, but they were starting to work on the, on the new album. And then that's when, you know, they wanted to, me to throw them some ideas. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I've known them for quite a while. My friend, good friend of mine, Mish, was actually Jonathan's, like, personal assistant online. Yeah. So every time that they toured, we would get to go, you know, lock, stock, and barrel. We were known as the short bus commandos. <laughs> Yeah, we would uh, we'd hang out with them backstage, Deftones, Soulfly, I mean, you name it, they were all back there. And what they would do is Jonathan would open up on the trailer, on his trailer, he had, like, you open up the sides, and he had flat screens with um, rock band materials. So we got to actually, like, rock out with the band on the side of the tour bus after the show. It was pretty amazing. Yeah, dude. So good. So why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell me a little about, like, like, what are you doing now? Like, what do you have on your docket or on the horizon? I have a lot of shows coming up where um, between doing art fairs, a few group shows that I'm finishing up, some yet to even happen, 
and then uh, getting ready to do um, a solo show with one of the galleries that I work with out in California in 2014, and then uh, and then be going on to another solo show after that for 2015, as well as working on some new projects with 44 Flood, with uh, you know talking about some uh, taking a story that I've been working on and, and doing that graphic novel. Rock and roll, man. Do you uh, do you do writing as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you have any any books previous uh, uh, prior to the Forty Four Flood signing? No, I, I, I did uh, I, I did a short story and and a book that uh, Kazra and Menton did called Monocyte for IDW. So I have a short story in that first issue, which is a, I think it was like five or six pages long. Yeah, 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 yeah. I told her so and you uh, you did one of the variant covers as well, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome, dude. Uh, did you were you a contributor to Tome or to Lust? Yes. I was a contributor to, to Tone. So, to, to, to Tone. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, what's been your favorite part of this Comic-Con so far? Just being with my family, man. I mean, it's like, I love being with these guys. We got to do C2E2, which was a blast. Uh, we were out in Kansas, uh, Kansas City for Spectrum, which was so much fun. So, I mean, every single time I get the opportunity, especially in my own hometown now, you know, being able to do this with them in New York was, you know, I mean, I didn't have to do much thinking about that. But yeah, any time I get a chance to do this stuff with them, I love doing it. It's fantastic, dude. So let's let's go to the the music question that I've been asking pretty much all the artists that I found in Artist Alley. When you're creating, when you're like, what music inspires you, and what do you listen to if you listen to music when you're you're painting or drawing? Yeah, I, I, a bunch of different. I mean, a lot of metal. And then um, also, like, a lot of just uh, soundscape stuff, like, um, you know, like, stuff from Angelo Balamente that he did with uh, David Lynch and that, and, um, and then classical music as well. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, it depends what, what type of mood I'm in. You know, definitely early in the morning might be more like classical stuff. And then as, you know, I'm starting to rock, you know, wake up from the coffee, and then, you know, I've got to throw on some, some metal, you know? So... Get some D.O. kicking in the studio. <laughs> That's great, man. So what are you, uh, what are you working on right now? Uh, this is just a commission that I had uh, somebody come in to ask me to do uh, my version of Dorian Gray after the sins that, that, that was committed. Oh, wow. so, so just something trying to get done before the end of the weekend, you know? So are you, uh, you going to be headed out to the Last Rites Gallery tonight? Absolutely. I can't wait. Do you have any pieces uh, hanging up? I do. It's a piece that I did for uh, the Melancholia for, for Tome 2. Um, that, uh, a brand new piece that's, that will also be in the book. And uh, it'll be there tonight. All right, man. Well, I will, uh, I will be there. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Are there going to be drinks and stuff? Nice. I even bought like a nice shirt. I'm going to get a little dapper for it. Yeah, just a little bit. I'm going to you know, cover up my... I, the, the, it's the pigtails, man. I'm very, I'm very symmetrical right now. So, all right. Um, David Stupakis down in Artist Alley. If you're here, well, I don't know when the hell you're going to hear this, but uh, check out his work. You know, tell everybody where they, can, uh, where they can find your work online. Uh, they can find me at davidstupakis.com, and that's uh, David, S-T-O-U-P-A-K-I-S.com. And, uh, you know, and then with, with that same name, I'm on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that crap. But, yeah, so, yeah. All that stuff.
All right, man. Well, thank you so much for sitting down, taking time to talk with us. We're not going to keep you any longer. You've obviously got work to do. And uh, I'll be hanging out with you later on anyway. Nice. All right. So uh, Steve Say for Talking Comics. And I hope that you're enjoying the 2013 Comic-Con coverage we got for you guys. And we'll talk to you soon. Later. What's up, everybody? Steve Say, sitting down in Artist Alley at the 44 Flood Block, hanging out with Menton 3, uh, artist, writer, musician, renaissance man, all of the above, epic beard, all of those things. He's, he's going, yeah, I know. He knows. Everyone knows. And if you don't know, you should know. Very pretty lady. You're the fox. All right, let's let's do this first. How excited are you about signing with IDW for 44 Flood? Extremely. I mean, we've been working on it for about two years. Uh, I think I first originally talked to IDW about it at San Diego two years ago. And so it's been a lot of back and forth, busy here, busy here. Ted is always out of town. And you never want to bother him. Such he's a super nice guy, and then you know Kazer kind of went on a, chi- a hiatus and a hiatus. Did I just invent that? I think I did. You totally did. You should you should write it down. Hiatus. That's when you like lose your shit. No, um, I'm very excited. They they've always been very good to me. Like without them, I would never have gotten work to begin with. Like Chris Ryle originally believing in me for Zombies versus Robots, like changed my life. And that company has always been very loyal and. Uh, I can always call them and be like, I have a problem with this project, or there's this or that and the other. They give me a lot of trust, they give me a lot of leeway. And they also push a lot of creators. They really do push us, and they, they allow us to do things that, that no other publisher lets us do. So putting 44 Flood with them, I think, is the perfect match, you know, because of what we're able to do versus what they're able to do. Right, man. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the, the, the distribution alone is going to be huge for these stories. True story. That's a true, true story. All right. So another, another true story that I learned something about you yesterday. Sure. Uh, something you make your own art materials? A lot of them. Not everyone. Like, I don't, I don't like making blacks for oils. It's really hard. Um, but I, I make most of my oil, own oil paint. And I make some inks and stuff like that. Right. Now, I saw a couple of days ago that you were, you were working really hard on a brand new painting, and you said that it was something that you've never done before. So how did, how did that turn out, and what, what made you decide to, to take that risk? Well, I'm doing a solo show at Lost Rights in April 2014, April 19th, and it's just me, and it's my first sh- solo show as like a gallery artist. And um, I'm really pushing myself. Like, I have a a real thing I'm doing for it. I'm calling the show Catabasis. And what that is, is like Greek kind of words for a travel to the underworld. And so I'm quite literally going to the darkest areas of my own psyche, the stuff that really bothers me, upsets me, memories, um, things that are uh, truly upsetting to me, phobias that I have. And I'm pulling back images to paint those, um, to try to go through an actual Catabasis internally. And so the painting the other day was... I don't normally put as much detail as I put into that painting. and I, it, Normally, almost every painting you've seen from me takes me about a day to paint. And that one took me like four days. I was really in it for like 14 hours a day for four days. And then I can't show it to anybody because I'm not showing any, any of the material till the show. So it's a really weird vacuum bubble to be in. Um, but I, I think the main thing that I was doing in that painting that I've never done before is 
I, I don't generalistically do a lot of backgrounds because I like the solidarity of, of a figure alone like that. And I did a very intense background that uh, took me a fucking long time to do. So, Cool. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you found with all this going on, with the, the signing and with being at the cons and, and do, painting and everything, have you had any time to go into the studio and make any new music? I do work on music every now and again. Um, I'm, sp- I'm supposed to release a record next year. Uh, I, I have a lot of music that I like. and I, I mean, I play my violin and cello every day, you know. Uh, maybe not my cello every day. My cello at least once a week. But uh, I play my violin every day, and I, I do love it. But it's weird for me because I grew up, a lot of my life was spent being a musician. And in every way I know, that was running from art. Um, when I finally started painting again, because I painted as a very young child, when I finally started painting again, it just completes me. So now music is kind of something I listen to when I paint. Um, I do like writing it, but I have to really be in the right mindset because I don't want to... There are fans of Saltillo, and I don't want to cheapen anything I do. So when I work on it, my heart has to be fully into it when I do it. And I usually have to take a few months off away from art to get in the mindset of making music. Right, right. Now, let me ask you a question about memory collectors because it's actually... Somebody referred to it to me yesterday as the closest that we're ever going to get to you doing a superhero book. I have no idea what that means, so why don't you tell it? I know you don't like to pitch the book, but could you tell us maybe just a little bit about it so people know uh, what your latest release is? Yeah, I mean, for me, it is the closest thing, uh, closest idea I've had thus far to a superhero book. I, I see Edith, Magdalena, and Beatrice as kind of superheroes, but they're put in a world that's very... I, I haven't read about it before, and, it, and it's... There's some childhood experiences I had in Mississippi that really warped me and bothered me. And while going through catabasis and all that stuff, um, a lot of the memories have come back up. So this story came, came, came from a really, uh, almost an adolescent section of my psyche, but uh, something that I've done a lot of research on as an adult and spent a lot of wasted time researching. But uh, again, it, to me, it's, it's very much a vampire book. It's just I never call anything a vampire, and so was Monocyte. Um, I have a different idea of how vampires work, and uh, the Memory Collectors is set in the same world as Monocyte. In fact, Beatrice is in Monocyte, and and we got basically the Memory Collectors is Beatrice's backstory. Oh wow! And I haven't really talked about it because I want people to kind of figure it out. I don't know why I'm talking about it now. I don't know, but uh, you're confessing to me. I'm confessing to you. It's a confessional, uh, but it's a project I really love. Um, I, I, I don't get a lot of opportunities to paint sexy ladies. People don't really, like, when I do comics, like, when I, I do a lot of, like, Transfusion and Silent Hill and stuff, like, I don't get, like, do sexy bitches. And um, my wife is very sexy, and I like sexy bitches, so it's like I wanted to do a comic that kind of had that in it, but I didn't want to do, okay, just paint sexy chicks. There's a real reason they dress the way they do in the book and look the way they do in the book, and, and I, 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 I kind of aggressively pursue that because it, sometimes I get annoyed... It's like, why is Daredevil wearing that? Like, what is the point of that costume? Because if you were going to really try to fight crime, you wouldn't want to run around in a fucking red costume, you know what I mean? Everyone's going to see you, you know? Like, this, this negates the fucking point. Um, so I wanted to give a real reason why they're dressed that way, and, and it, it is. You know, they're, they, they basically dress that way. There's one level of it because they go to comic book conventions because they can kill people at comic book conventions and people just think it's cosplay. 
So it's like a legitimate way of like, it's like shooting somebody on the 4th of July. Like, they can get away with it because everybody just goes, oh, look at the sexy chicks in cosplay, you know? So they're really kind of outwitting the, the assholes around them. <laughs> now, okay, so issue one is out now, but I actually have a question about issue number two because I was here yesterday when uh, we have a mutual friend, uh, Horatio, I believe is his last name, Radu? All right, well, if I mispronounce that, Horatio, I apologize. But uh, he's uh, an artist. He's worked on a couple books. And you mentioned maybe trying to get him in. Now, are you bringing other artists into Memory Collectors? I love doing that. Like, in the first issue, my friend Tony Moy did a six-page story that I wrote in the back. And then the second issue, Ben Timmelsmith is doing a six-page story and a secondary cover. But I like bringing friends of mine that are artists and giving them, like, a pen-up or something to do in the books. Because I think, I don't think there's a limit to any of this like I, I think we should all help each other out as artists and one of the things I was shocked by when I got into comics uh, industry wise was was not a lot of other artists are nice to each other it's very competitive and I don't feel that way and I don't feel any necessity for that so I try to get I, I find people that I like and I like their work and I believe in them and I give them an opportunity to do something and um, try to see if it goes somewhere for them you know um, and I like Horatio's work a lot you know and I think he deserves a shot so he's just doing a pinup, but at least it's like a way of getting involved in it. I do think a lot of people want to make comics and draw comics, but you really don't know how hard it is till you do it. I forget how hard it is until I'm in the middle of a book. So does Ben, you know, like we'll be in the studio going, oh, God, man, I've got, a, I've got 12 more pages and I don't know how I'm going to do this. Like it's really hard work. So like people say they want to do that. You try to give them a shot to do it, get them in the door a little bit, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, you pull, like, 16-hour, 18-hour shifts in doing art at the studio, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had 11 days off last year. That's crazy, man. That is absolutely crazy. Uh, so, okay, so while we're on the subject of, of friends, Mr. Uh, Kasser Gambari gave a little, a little funny aside about you yesterday. What can you, what can you tell us to kind of get him back a little bit for that? First off, whatever he told you isn't true. Okay. I don't care. It, it probably is. Okay, my thing isn't a story necessarily that it's... Kazra thinks he used to be fat, and he has, like, an eating disorder. Like, he'll start fucking fasting for no reason. Like, he'll eat, like, a pizza, and then, like, he won't eat for fucking four days after he eats a fucking pizza. He gets all guilty and freaked out. But, but the thing I love the most about him, he's the smartest guy I've ever met in my life. The most cool, chilled-back, laid-back dude, right? Super laid-back. The moment he gets behind the wheel of a car... He is a fucking asshole. Like, he's, like, cutting people off. He gets pissed off and other people cut him off. He's the most hypocritical driver you've ever been around in your life. It's amazing. I would have... Actually, you know what? I would have guessed. I would have totally guessed that. Well, it's like, you know, it's a Persian cab driver, you know? <laughs> so, are you excited about tonight's event at the Last Rights Gallery? We've been talking about it with other people all day. You know, I, I want to get sentimental for just a sec. And because... It's strange for me, like, I grew up in Mississippi. Uh, I don't really feel at home anywhere. I don't feel like I belong anywhere. And it's a feeling that's kind of perva been pervasive throughout my whole life. Last Race is the only place I feel like I kind of belong a little bit. Like, I'm not the darkest guy there, you know, because fucking Paul Booth's there. Like, I'm not, like, the creepiest dude there. Like, I, and, and they accept my art, and they don't... Like, my art's kind of light for them, which is really relieving for me because I didn't know that I was a dark artist till long into after painting like until they said oh you're a horror artist I'm like I, I had no fucking idea so it's I love being there I'm excited about tonight I, I, I can't wait to see Paul David's got an amazing piece in the show Wayshack, Sienkiewicz uh, Ben's got a beautiful painting in it 
I mean, it's just a really cool vibe, and like the gallery itself is amazing. So yes, I'm very excited, but I love being there. Well, that's fantastic, man. All right, well, I can't I can't wait to see what comes out of this IDW 44 flood merger. I'm sure that you guys have got. Have you got actually? Have you got plans and things lined up for that? I mean, I will tell you that right now, one of the first things we're going to roll out. We haven't talked to anybody about this, so I, I don't know how many people listen to this, but like uh, tons of people. Oh yeah, really? Tons of people. Tons, tons of people. I have a dozen fans worldwide. But um, me and Christopher Minton are working on a project that is very near and dear to my heart. It's called The Ire of Melancholy. And um, it's kind of like Let the Right One In versus Watership Down. And it's really like, it's amazing. Like, I'm writing it and Chris is doing the artwork. And I, it's, I cannot wait for people to see this book. It's, it's, Chris is doing an amazing job. There's a bit of a teaser in it in Tome 2. We're doing a, look, like a, a few pages in it in Tome 2. But it's going to be a full-on like uh, mini series that we're going to put out through Forty Four Flood IDW, uh, and I, I can't wait. It, no one will expect this book. It's like a demented children's book. It's like it's not for children, and it's 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 more geared toward adults. But it, it kind of looks like a children's book, and it's dealing with some really heavy fucking issues that uh, I'm excited about. It. I can't wait to put it out. And then we're going to be doing a lot of art books, a lot of great artists, and uh, like David and. And uh, Bill, a lot of cool guys we're going to be doing stuff with. So we're excited. Sick, man. I really, I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. It's good. I'm sure it's going to be great. So, all right. Uh, we're going to wrap things up now. And everybody, this has been Menton 3 of 44 Flood. Why don't you tell everybody where they could, they could find your work? Oh, they, they can't. No, no, I, I don't. You know, I have a website, Menton3.com, but I probably update my DeviantArt more than anything, my Facebook, and right. I tweet, and I Instagrams. The internet's a passing phase, but while it's still here, I'm going to try to, you know, put my face out there a little bit. Take advantage? Yeah, take advantage of it. Or let it take advantage of me, one of the two. Either way, somebody's going to take advantage of. It's all fun and games till someone losses an eye. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, it's been Menton 3, Steve Say for TalkingComicBooks.com, down here in Artist Alley at New York City Comic Con 2013. Uh, I'll see you guys later. What's up, everybody? Steve Say down uh, here in Artist Alley, New York City Comic Con 2013 for Talking Comics. And last on the list of 44 Flood, we are talking with Ben Templesmith, artist and uh, part of the 44 Flood Collective. How you doing, man? Hello. I still have a voice, barely. (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you a question. How, How excited are you about 44 Flood partnering with IDW? Very excited. It means I can do comics my way again. Like... IDW has been a traditional home for me, but now, like, the word partnership is kind of awesome. Do you? No, no, no. It just means we can, we keep, we keep complete control so we can do them the way we want, and they're giving us the freedom. It's kind of awesome. Do you have anything loaded in the gun and, re- and like, ready to go that you want to contribute once this gets going? Yes. Can you tell me anything about it? Well, it'll involve tentacles. Like, I'm known for my tentacle stuff, and... Cthulhu-y things, and, but I've never really done a p- true proper project that touches on that, so I'll be writing and drawing a, a real creator-owned thing that has something to do with them. That's awesome, man. Now, how did you, how did you end up like, within like, the family and the collective that is 44 Flood? Who approached you first, or who did you meet first? Uh, I met Minton, and as soon as I did, we had a bromance. And uh, when I came back to America, because I, I left for a while, I came back, he let me stay with him, and we just got along so well, and I met Kazra, Kazra Gambari, and uh, you know, 
we were friends, so we just decided we all had the same aims, which was um, sort of our, you know fulfilling your creative destiny and to being independent. So and we decided, why, what the what the hell? Why not? I've done everything else in comics, so the next step was to be part of something bigger. So, what has been your favorite project to work on in, in your in your career so far? The last one I've ever I've done. Is that Lust or? No, it's <laughs> every time I finish one. That was the most recent oh, okay, favorite one. Okay. Yeah, pretty. I mean, they're all my children. I can't play favorites, so it's always the most recent last one I've done. Nice. Uh, what is uh, like th- when you first got started in in doing art and doing comics? What has been your main source of inspiration for your for your style and like and where you've taken things? Well, Ralph Steadman's probably. But I mean, I grew up with Dave McKean and Ashley Wood, so I used to wear my, probably still do, wear my influences on my sleeve. But Ralph, Ralph Steadman started it all. How uh, have you seen the movie Mirror Mask? No, I have not. You need to see Mirror Mask. Yeah, I probably do. I'll get around to it. So what, um, like, what's what's next for you uh, after you leave the con? Where are you headed to? My hotel room apartment. You going back to Chicago? Yes, I'm going back to Chicago. I just moved to Chicago, rather chaotically. Uh, let me ask you this then. Uh, music. Are you, uh, are you a big fan of music? Do you listen to it while you create? And who do you like to listen to? Like, who got you in the mood to, to start drawing and, and creating? Mostly I'm listening to movie soundtracks now. If I'm going to listen to music, it's moody soundtracks. I've been hearing that so much. And Daft Punk too? Yeah, a bit of Daft Punk. Do you have any soundtracks in particular that you enjoy that you pop on, like your go-to tracks? Uh, Cloud Atlas, Prometheus. I don't know. I'm just thinking of recent ones. Nice. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Gladiator. You know, all sorts of stuff. Very cool. Now, what's your what's your studio like? Like, what do you? What's your art setup? Messy. Messy. What about uh, materials? What's your favorite material to work with? Paper. Well, I work in watercolor predominantly, but I'm starting to branch out into oils now, thanks to Menton as well. So. Yeah, I, I've I've heard some pretty crazy stories about his uh, his art materials and how he makes them and so forth. So, do you have any? Uh, let me ask you this because we've been getting funny stories. I got a funny story from Menton. I got a funny story from Kazra, and I got a funny story from David. Do you have any uh, scantilating stories about your friends at Forty Four Flood? Well, it's always a pleasure when Menton walks in my room shuffling uh, with his pants around his ankles. With, this is our second Menton pants story. Yeah, he does that. He does that. He's done it about three times, four times to me. He just drops, drops his pants. And he's a beautiful man. He is a beautiful man with a magical beard. People give him, people give him money in the street because they think he's a hobo. Even while he's wearing a rather expensive jacket, it's fantastic. I remember that tweet. I was there for that. All right, man, listen, um, I am going to let you go because you are, there are people lining up. You are super busy. Sorry. It's fine, dude. It's totally fine. I just want to thank you for your time. For talking with us. I am shaking your hand. Yes, this is, you can't see it, but there's a handshake going on right now. Too. Yes, so good. Anyway, uh, I hope you have a safe trip back and enjoy the rest of the con. And we hope to see you again. And good luck with the partnership and with everything in the future, man. We're really looking forward to seeing some more work. Thank you for the coverage too. We really appreciate it. We're just little guys trying to do our thing. No problem, man. We're we're huge supporters of what you guys represent in the comic industry, and we wish you all the best. Thank you. It's nice being not a part of a, a gigantic corporation. We're just, we're just creators. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me personally, I was talking to Menton about this last night at the gallery that part of what I love so much about 44 Flood is just that you guys, you make your own rules. And now 
with the merger with IDW, you're going to be able to get so much more creative content out there and have it distributed, you know, en masse. And it, it's going to be a, uh, it, in my estimation, it's going to be a huge movement for 44 Flood and for comics in general. And just really, really looking forward to it. We like, we like to push things. So thank you. No problem, man. All right. Uh, I'm Steve Say. This is the last interview I'm doing for Talking Comics here at New York City Comic Con 2013. And uh, we'll see you next year, guys. <laughs>